Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm going to do little dances, by the way, when the musical interludes are going to be. Sounds great. <laughs> Hello and welcome to In The Pockets, the bass guitar podcast where we get the low down on the low end. My name's Johnny, a totally average bass player, and each week I'm joined by a different co-host to talk all about that bass. This week I'm very lucky to be joined by multi-talented, not just bass player, but but all round, but mainly considers himself a bass player, which I love to hear, of course. Um, and that is the bass player for Six Feet Deeper and Structural Disorder, bass teacher, session player, and of course, YouTuber, it's Eric Arco. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. What an introduction. My man, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, I have the week off. Uh, it's like the it's called like sportlov here in Sweden. So it's like a sports a week off for from school for all the kids so they can go skiing and stuff. So that's neat. So I have my this week off, and uh, my daughter has the week off from preschool as well. And my my wife is working, but she can do some stuff remote. So that's that's nice. So it's it's good. Oh. It's good. It's a good week then. Oh, amazing. Well, I hope that this is a you know, a great way to start the week, I'm hoping. Yeah. Um, I can see that you've got viewers at home won't be able to see this, but I can see there's a beautiful bass in Eric's hands right now. Is that that the Yamaha? Yeah, this is the Yamaha. Um my the Yamaha Attitude Limited 3. Uh, it it kind of dawned on me when I saw your sire bass that it's it's kind of they kind of look the same. They're like they have tort yeah guard and like the it's the sonic blue and yours more like sure like not Sherwood green but surf green or whatever. But they kind of they kind of are reminiscent. It's, it's got the same vibe. It's got yeah, the same vibe, really. and that's that's why I love it so much. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> I, I, I and I've done some some custom mods to it, if you will. So I have this uh, the, the ashtray here. Uh, which pops right off because I. Whoa! So so you get the look of it like when you're on stage and was like, oh, you got the eye straight. That's that's amazing, but uh, comes right off using you know, uh, I don't know what's called. It's like it's Velcro, but it's it's plastic. I don't know what's called dual lock. It's yeah. called. So that's yeah. an incredible idea and something that I'd never even like entered my mind before. No, wow. I mean, I mean, I'm too scared and too lazy and too shitty of a like a craftsman to dare to drill into my instrument. So, <laughs> I thought, okay, how can I, how can I apply this without you know uh, ruining the instrument? You know, drilling drilling a hole throughout the entire body and whatnot. So yeah, I mean, it works. Um, and I got the new Relentless uh, P pickup here as well. Uh, I need to do a video on these. I haven't had the time. Um, they they're really great. If you if you get the chance get a pair because i mean i don't know if you can see but they are rounded so they feel they feel amazing neath your fingers absolutely and they look like you know they could reflect any ray of light that goes on yeah they're like mirrored so you're just blinding everyone on stage 
you can get them in gold, black, and uh, like these chrome. So, wow, that looks so cool. Um, so each week we like to start off by asking our guests just just three questions to introduce to the audience if they don't know uh, who it is. Who is this? You know. Um, so the first off, we're going to start with the three words that you, Eric, would use to describe your bass playing. Yeah, I, I gave this a lot of thought, and uh, let's see, three words. Uh, aggressive, distorted, tasteless. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes, nice, yes, nice. Oh, no, <laughs> tasteless. <laughs> Go into tasteless, why, why that? I think it comes from, like, uh, when I was growing up and learning how to play bass, uh, my uncle was like he had uh, we'll get to that in a minute but he had a bass around now that was the instrument i was learning on and uh, i always wanted to like crank the treble and get like more of a steve harris and that kind of tone and he was like it sounds like a guitar why are you why are you playing like that and i always like enjoyed doing like noodly stuff like that uh so it's kind of a joke you know I, I play tasteless licks because you know mm. if I say that they, uh, I enjoy them, people will probably think like, "Oh, he's he's full of himself." But if I say, "Oh, it's just some tasteless licks," they're like, "Yeah, it's tasteless." Sounds like yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think you'd be like, "Yeah, just I've, I've got no taste. I don't like. I think no. I'm terrible." Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, I like that explanation that you're like, I know, I know this noodling. Like, I just like yeah. it, and that's fine. Yeah. It's part of my style, I guess, and it's like, yeah, I'll I'll never be, um, yeah, I don't know. It's my probably my undiagnosed ADHD that kicks in every time I pick up an instrument. It's like, I want to do this. Can you do that on a bass? Like, no, you hey, should just play, play like yeah. that. Well, I want to do, I want to do that. No, we can't do that. Okay. <laughs> there's there's no rules. No, no there are no rules. rules. There shouldn't be. Um, so you've got that bass in your hands. What is your number one bass? It's this one, all hands down. Uh, every time uh, when I pick up a, on a, a different bass, uh, I always find when I come back to this, like, yeah, this is this is home. This is the bass that I enjoy the most to play. It's like it, it has become part of my DNA in a way, mm -hmm. I, I guess. I mean, it's a P bass, uh, like down and all. When you like get down to the de details, you get you got the P pickup and everything. So it's uh, it's a P bass. It's what I learned to play on and all of that but yeah this this yamaha bass is my number one i've used it on uh, i played with like choirs and do done like jazz stuff you know like i was totally uh wrong but yeah you know i done like jazz stuff i done metal stuff i done everything on this bass and it just works yeah, like a, great. A, a p bass as simple as it is just works just yeah, works with like anything works. you throw at it it's so good um and how long have you had that one i've had this for six years um uh, i got this from my wife when we uh, got married essentially um uh, i, I kind of nagged her into like <laughs> giving it to me but yeah she she's the one who, who who in the end gave it to me so it's uh, pretty much uh, a wedding gift from her I, I guess ah, you could so, say. So it has to stay with you forever now. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Can't, you can't you can never get rid of it. No, I can never get rid of it. And I, I, I'll probably never even get the idea of it because, you know, it just it just feels like home when I pick it up. Yeah. 
Oh, that's incredible. Like, I feel like I'm still waiting for that feeling sometimes when I pick up a bass and I'm like, this feels great. But then sometimes I'll be like, well, two months later, I'll be like, well, now this looks great. I don't want that anymore, you know. Yeah. So I'm in, I'm in that kind of realm at the minute where I'm like, I'm not sure what's my number one. At the minute, it's it's um, with these sires, but uh, I'm sure we'll talk about that more later. Yeah. But a third question, and uh, <laughs> you've kind of touched on it a little bit already. Um, why did you pick up a bass? <laughs> Uh, well, uh, when I was growing up, um, we lived, my parents, uh, they had an apartment here in Stockholm and, uh, I grew up up North uh, in a place called Dalekarle in a village called Garsos with, which has like 880 people living there like permanently. So it's, it's a very small village and I grew up there and we lived at my uncle's house and he lived with us in here in Stockholm and he and my mom used to go back and forth like uh, i don't know what it's called like uh, you know commuting es essentially every week um so we grew up in his house and he was like a second father and grandfather to me and uh, he had a bass he was a bass player he played uh, I i've got it here uh, and that bass was always around you know in the house uh, and then when i started fifth grade a friend of mine was like we're gonna start a guns and roses tribute band <laughs> great can I? Because I, I wasn't like one of the cool kids, and he was, uh, and I wanted to be a part of this, just be a cool kid. And he was supposed to be like the Axel Rose, like play piano and sing, and the, another cool guy was going to be Slash. So I was like, um, I can be the bass player. I'm like, yeah, sure. Nobody wants to be the bass player, of course. <laughs> uh, why should you be the bass player? I've got a bass. Oh, that's more than anyone else has. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so I, I got the gig. Um, and then uh, nothing happened. We never rehearsed. Uh, uh, he bought like a like official uh, chords and sheet music book for like the the major hits, which were all yeah you know terribly transcribed and all that. Um, and that was the end of that. But my dad uh, signed me up for bass lessons, which took like a year to get started because like the, the waiting line was so long. Here in Sweden, we have something called uh, Kulturskolan, which is something you can apply for and it costs a like a very reasonable sum of money every year and you get private lessons from a teacher uh, and you get to play like in an ensemble and all of that good stuff uh, so he signed me up and a year later i got a call like hey you wanna you wanna start your bass lessons so i started to take lessons and i played 30 minutes every week during my lesson and that was that um because i mean i was more into like drawing and doing comics and stuff like that. And then by, I think it was eighth grade, my cousin gave me a beat up old bass, uh, an Aria Pro 2, uh, which I painted black. Uh, and I got so into like having my own instrument because this bass, I'm, I'll pick it up in a few seconds that I had this old Fender. I mean, it was my uncle's, he had flats on it. And I wanted to play like uh, flea stuff because Red Chili Peppers had just come out with Californication at the time. So I wanted to do like the slap. And you can't do that on like old dead flat wounds. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't sound right when you're like starting out. So um, I got that bass and uh, I just got hooked. And then I discovered, you know, Iron Maiden and the start to play stuff like that. And yeah, that was it. No more comics for me. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, step aside, comic books. Bass is here. Yep, bass is here incredible well yeah that sounds like a, a very natural journey into you know the basin that just 
it being the people around you that brought you brought you into it, which I love. Yeah. Awesome. So now our audience has got to know you a little bit more. Uh, let's jump in to our first question. Okay, so our first question comes from... Oh, by the way, everyone, if you want to submit questions, head to at Johnny Dibble on Instagram. That's me. Uh, and just have a look out for my Instagram uh, stories where I put up a little poll where you can submit your questions. Uh, so this one has come from username The Crayon Demo, uh, who has asked... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're demonstrating some crayons. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'd love to hear the... I mean, there's a market for that, I guess. Well, it's just comic books, isn't it? Like you said, yeah. just yeah. getting some crowns, have a little squiggle. Um, so, I'm so sorry, the crown demo. <laughs> um, first question uh, says, do you prefer a base with or without a pit guard? Now, first off, pit guard or scratch plate? That is a debate that will go on forever, I think. I mean, is there a difference? I don't know. I don't even have one that I prefer to say. I tend to flip-flop between the two. Yeah, same here. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Who knows? I had somebody comment once being like, I'm actually, it's a scratch plate. And I'm like, all right, all right, put, put your nose away, yeah. it's fine. Um, but yeah, so, prefer them with or without. For me, uh, I think it really depends. Uh, and it's, I'm a bit of a traditional, a sucker for traditional looks when it comes to bases. Like, I love like late 50s aesthetics on bases like gold anodized scratch plates and things like that so yeah automatically i am a sucker for it because you know fender uh music man you know they've all got them and all the copies there have got them um however so it's more like the modern kind of looking bases that that, that don't have them but i think it all comes down to uh the wood grain and the actual burst yeah. or, the, or the color of the base because it's really got to I remember seeing a, a Sterling, uh, one of the newer ones, it's like a quilted maple top. And it looks insane. Like it's so fiery and it jumps out at you. And most of it's covered up with a scratch plate. And I was like, yeah. what? Why? And so I started like looking for pictures of it without it. I started trying to like Photoshop a version without <laughs> it. Cause I was like, I'm going to get this and I'm going to put a clear one on there or take it off completely because it's what a waste. I thought yeah. of this beautiful body. So I think, yeah, it, dep it depends on that for me. Uh, where do you stand with it? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty much like exactly the same. I have a Dingwall combustion, which has a beautiful black burst uh, with, in which you can see like the wood grain through. Uh, I tried it without the pickguard and it, it looked great. Uh, but I, I guess I'm a traditionalist as well. Like I prefer like the look of a pickguard. I, I say pickguard. Um, for some reason, except on like a sunburst jazz, there I kind of want like you know without the pick guards to get that Yako look. Uh, I really dig that look on on those bases. But like pretty much all of my bases are P bases, and you need the pick guard because <laughs> that's where like the 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 innards are, so to speak. Like the, <laughs> yeah, the, the guts. You don't want to spill the guts like, all over. The... I'm gonna be like, no, I, I don't like pick guts at all. I'm not gonna have one on there. But then all your knobs are like, well, you're flying all over the place. Yeah. Nobody wants knobs flying all over. No, the place. no, no, no. Um, some of you might. I don't. Who cares? Um, <laughs> incredible. So yeah, basically, it depends on the base. Like, I don't want to cover up something beautiful 
with with something that isn't really functioning. But at the same time, if it's got a function and it's there, great. Yeah. Um, again, with the P base, if they built one that you know had all the innards, it didn't rely on a pit guard. I still think it would look a bit weird, especially with like the position of the. Yeah, the aren't, aren't there like the, the Jackson ones? Like the there there are some like Jackson yes. P style that have like you can you, it's just like the wood grain or like a one one solid color. I mean, it doesn't. I mean, it looks all right, but kind of want that. It's it's been there forever, man. Yeah, exactly. Don't change a classic. Um, no. Also, I feel like um, a pit guard is a really simple mod that can yeah. like, totally change a base, and I love that so much. I mean, like I did it, this this base. I mean, it doesn't have the tortoise tortoise. It has a white pearl. Uh, originally, yes, of course so, it does. So, I mean. Like you said, it's such an easy mod to give your base like more character, mm. or like give it your own um, uh, grow your own mustache on it, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can grow a beard on there, and it yeah. totally changes it. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And so for me, I guess I'm leaning more towards I prefer having a pit guard. But if it's got a beautiful body on there, I don't <laughs> want to be covering it up. Don't want to cover up that beautiful body of yours, Sean. Now, baby, yeah. let me see it. Oh, that sounded awful. Now, yeah. With that, let's move on to our <laughs> next segment. <laughs> so now it is time for the news, the base news of the week. Now, it's been a bit of a, a bit of a light week for news i think last week was very heavy or two weeks ago was very heavy lots of news going on this week i've only got two items with me and oh i made the mistake of not checking before i started recording but there might be there might be something else but apologies if i've missed anything um first off i want to talk about origin effects now they have brought out two new pedals uh have you seen these at all yes i I saw them and uh, they have matching compressors like the 76, the Cali 76, like the yes. tiny ones to go with um, yep. with them. Because they're, I thought originally when I saw them, I was like, oh, they've just brought out two new, a new preamp and they're just two different colors. But they're not. They're two different uh, like amp models, essentially, in yeah. these preamps. Uh, and I'm assuming those compressors are just the colors to, to match it. Yeah, I understood so uh, that like, if you want, if you if you got the blue one, you want the blue compressor because it it looks better. Yeah, I kind of yeah. like you know, why not? You know, match match to the underwear. With, you know, yeah, socks exactly. And, if the yeah. if the curtains match the drapes, you know. Yeah, as they say. Together. <laughs> um, so with these, the you've got like I said, we've got two preamps in here. We've got the base rig super vintage, which is the blue one, uh, and that is based on the of course iconic Ampeg SVT rig um and then the black one which is based on i keep saying based i hate using the word based when we're talking about bases it's very confusing um the base is based the black one is based on uh fender showman and baseman amplifiers so two very iconic and i think quite different sounding amps uh that you know are both up there for me like i'm a big fan of these yeah i think they're great um of course you know that's why they're so iconic and uh, the controls on there are pretty simple we've got an output 
uh, a blend for whether you're going to the uh, DI or the amp, a drive, bass, middle, treble, and then we've got a couple of switches in between. I'm just refreshing my memory by looking at yeah. the picture. I'm going to take a picture a, as well. A bright switch, a fat switch, a, a tweed and a black one by the looks of it, uh, and whether you want your DI cab sim on there as well. So these are very intelligent pedals by the sounds of it uh with what you can do you know have it going straight to front of the house and that just your yeah. entire rick you know because it has got a uh, cab sim built in which i think is really good for them to be like yes it's got it in here because sometimes like tech 21 it's always like i'm plugging my sans amp in does this have a bit of cab sim in it to center front of house like that's what you want from a di pedal really yeah. you want that totally. all rig all in one so it's really cool that these absolutely definitely have that <laughs> and you can kind of choose whether to to have that engaged or not um it's an origin effects pedal it's gonna be expensive yeah so, i think around like five what, what is it 500 pounds something like that 500 euros it was uh, when i checked last time however yeah. you never know with these <laughs> that's thingies. it yeah yeah so i've seen the the cheapest i've seen is like three two three pounds oh yeah which you know sounds sounds a bit less but no yeah you're, you're a quid's better than the euro oh. I, I think I, I think you're you're higher I, I mean it's it's like monetarily worth more or how you say it sorry yeah, yeah. <laughs> forgive me like, I'm Swedish sounds like the pounds doing all right at the minute which is yeah. weird for yeah. once um, so yeah I would love to hear these now out of the two which which of those would you prefer to have the SVT uh, or the like, Fender? Oh God! Uh, I mean, last like before Christmas, I I got down with hand, foot, and mouth disease, and I watched, I binged uh, Get Back. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, uh, that's one of the diseases you get when you have a two-year-old at preschool here in Sweden. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> funny. Uh, however, I, I got to stay home and watch TV, so that was good. Uh, and. Uh, you know, when I saw Paul McCartney play the bass man, I was like, yeah, there's the tone. So I, um, yeah, I, I've been, I've been like gigging out over bassmans lately. I, Neural DSP released uh, the bassman for the Quad Cortex recently as well, uh, which just, you know, it sounds just like you wanted to. Uh, and yeah, it, I mean, I probably would have gone with that. Then again, like the SVT, I mean, it's the SVT. I would probably go with both. Now that I think about it, because I, ha I have two outputs on my bass, so I could run uh, the neck pickup. Oh, sorry about that. Let's do it again. I could run neck pickup through the uh, bass man, and then the P pickup through the SVT. And this guy. There you go. Yeah. This guy. <laughs> I mean, why stop at one? Exactly. Why more is better? That's the, the words that I live by. That's yeah, why I have so many guitars. Yeah. Um, incredible. Yeah. And that's that's a bit of a contention point that I have with this pedal. I think a little bit is that I wish that you could have both in one. Like, I wish that there was yeah. a switch that you could go between the two and have two amps in there. That is what would make me buy this pedal, I think, honestly. I think I, I would be really interested. Um, yeah. Now, of course, they have got uh, they have got different controls on there. So like the 
blue one, which is on the S SVT, yes, <laughs> get confused, um, has like the ultra high and low yeah. um, switch on it. So they do have different things on there. But I am an absolute sucker for a basement. Like, and that came on like probably a year ago, I think. I just really got into that Fender tube amp sound yeah. and it caused me to buy my full fender rig that i've got now oh yeah not a basement <laughs> i'll say it now it <laughs> no, is but a, but still, still. Yeah. it's a full rumble rig um which oh, i was like great. oh i really want a basement i can't afford it so i'll just no. get the rumble and it's great don't get me wrong but no i i've heard so much great stuff about the rumbles actually like mm. so much it's so affordable to... it's light it's pretty reliable like hasn't let me down so is yeah. it class d or is it it's completely solid state so yeah. yes it's um, like yeah so there's no valves in there or anything to go wrong which you know i love the valvey tones of these amps um i'm probably more well known for using like that svt kind of sound it probably naturally in my playing style playing aggressively fits yeah. more with that um and like kind of a bit more of a scooped sound um which you kind of get a bit more from the ampeg stuff uh so i like I, i'm torn that's why i'd like both yeah. in one because i'd love to try them both um so yeah origin effects you you've bloody done me again i'm gonna have to flip and buy both i think <laughs> yeah. yeah imagine having one with both of them in it and you have like made a control so you can switch between the two and you can switch yeah that would be i mean origin effect yeah if you're listening just like the cord cortex <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean yeah it, it kind of does yeah uh, however one thing that i saw about these is that uh they don't have an IR loader, they have like the cab sim feature, mm -hmm. which is like uh, I'm a bit torn about that to be honest with you, because I really enjoy like the digital aspect of having a cab sim, and you know, like like two notes and whatnot, just having like a an SD card and just plugging it in and having your favorite IRs. I mean, I don't know if it's a missed opportunity for them or if they are smart going completely analog. I don't know. It's, yeah, I think it's a now that the market is changing so much and you're you know with with irs and being able to custom load in your own ones yeah sure yeah. be able to have their pre-made ones on there and i bet loads of people would just use that but i don't know how much more it would have been for them to add that feature in no and how much more appealing that would be because it, it would be and if you're going to spend a lot of money on a on a preamp pedal that is going to be your whole yeah. rig you kind of want that option a bit more i think exactly than just be limited which you know, kind of begs the question of, well, which is actually more worth it in the long run in monetary? Is it getting a pedal like this or is it spending a bit more money now, but getting more from my money out of like a big, uh, you know, modeler? But we, we, we'll, we'll hold that, oh, yeah, hold that yeah, discussion hold, hold, hold 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 now uh, because we're getting into the big base debate already. Spoilers. Yeah. Um, let's, I'll move on. Oops, I've knocked me water in. Oh. oh my gosh caught live on camera i just knocked my water all over oh. my dark glass pedal <laughs> that's not good okay i'm sure it'll be fine yeah is it, it powered on or... yeah is it powered on or is it bypassed or like it's, not, it's not completely unplugged the board is oh yeah then on, then. So. Hey, it's, it's it's fine just just put some rice on it <laughs> <laughs> is that just i put the whole board in some rice and i'm sure it'll be yeah. fine um okay <laughs> moving on to the next uh, bit of news, which is a quick one, really, because I've not looked too much into it. I've not got any experience with it. Um, well, I kind of do, but I don't. Because it is 
Line six, the they've brought out a new update for the Helix. So yeah. I say I've got no experience. I do because I've got the HX Stomp, um, but I've not actually been able to update mine yet to to, to try these all out. Um, now you're saying that have you got a Helix or something like that? Yeah, I've got I've got I've got the Helix LT and an HX Stomp, and I got Helix Native as well. Holy moly! Um, so this guy. I've, I've been yeah, I've been, I've been doing Helix stuff for a bunch of years actually. Um, it's got it's got it all. Have you tried I got this a, new update? I haven't. I haven't had the time. Um, mm. But I, I, a good friend of mine, John Willis, who is a base wizard in the Helix world, uh, he did like a pretty cool comparison, very cool comparison between the Optocomp in the HX Stomp or Helix and the actual unit, mm. uh, which is a compressor that I'm using right now. It's a really cool compressor, uh, really straightforward. Like if you want a three knob it's uh, compression release and output level that's all it is and it's glorious so yeah uh, anyways i i digest um i haven't had the time to try out the update however i, I will probably do soon enough hopefully <laughs> yeah man like i i've just got back from holiday so i was like ah gonna can't wait to update it when i get home um i haven't <laughs> still haven't done that yet but yeah it looks like we've got some more like Ampeg pedals in there as well, like say the Optocomp, yeah. um, and a core Ampeg chorus as well, and yeah, lots that, of, that's great. Lots of bass focus effects, which is great, and loads of synths. I am only just getting back into synths now, um, and so this is really exciting for me. I can't wait to try some of these out. Um, yeah, I'm not going to go through all of them now because we'll be here all bloody day. Yeah, but uh, there's a new bass distortion on there as well, which you know there's only a handful on there already, yeah. or at least on the on the um, HX Stomp available to it. So, yeah, I, I can't wait to to try these out, and probably next week, who knows, I might give you a little taste of, uh, of yeah. what these sound like. So, uh, yeah, watch this space. Okay, and with that, let's move on mm. to our next question. Oh, sure. Our next question comes from uh, Simons.jpg um, on Instagram. Um, I'm guessing he's just some kind of image. Um, he's an N NFT, probably. <laughs> oh, my God. He's, an, he's The an living NFT. <laughs> Send him your money now, and you'll own him. Sorry, Simon. Um, <laughs> this one says, what is your opinion on short scales? Oof. Now, Oof. as we know, like... You're not your standard scale length is your 34 inch. Um, short scales, they're a cute little uh, 30 inch, cute little, uh, cute little neck that they've got on them. Um, and medium scale being 32 inch. So 30 inch bases have been huge over the last couple of years, absolutely huge. The market has just exploded with them. You know, some, some well known models will be uh, your Fender Mustangs, um, and you know all sorts of short scales that have exploded onto the market. I think one of the most popular has been probably the Squire Mustang and uh, maybe the Gretsch uh, Junior Jet has probably been yeah. a really popular one. And that's the one that I've got. Um, oh. So for me, I used to not really get the short scale thing. I used to be like, mm, why would you want that? I don't really enjoy the the tone advantages that you get from a short scale or well i saw it as tone disadvantages because i was like it just doesn't sound as full to me or and it, sometimes it sounds a little bit out of tune to me i used to think um it, they've certainly got 
their own sound i think they're a bit like tubbier sounding i think yeah uh, a bit more a bit more mid-rangey i think um and yeah i i never really got it until i played one um and i played one that wasn't traditionally like a traditional kind of uh, pickup setup. I've got the Gretsch, which is two mini humbuckers, which oh. I think really, really suits um, the sound. You know, completely passive, really, really simple setup in there. They're cheap as chips, and my god, what a what a bass! Um, th- there's just this feeling you get from short scales that 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 like slightly lower string tension that inspires you to play completely differently than you would on on a long scale instrument it's really hard to explain um where you just find yourself doing more bends and like just the even just the way that your fingers have to adjust yeah. you know i've got these great big sausages on my hands uh, <laughs> from from bass all these years and so having to then adjust to a, a smaller one yeah. uh when playing bass lines because you know i can jump onto a guitar and play that's fine but when you're playing bass lines on something that's a bit smaller starts to feel a bit differently. And I think that inspires you to play differently, which is what I actually, that's why I want a short scale in my collection because I was I was thinking about this last night. I was sat on my sofa just like noodling and I was like half tempting to, to sell this bass because I was like, oh, I don't play as much as I should and all this. I need to make room and get some money to buy some more stuff. And then I was playing it and I just had such a blast. And I was like, I'm not getting rid of this thing. This is so much fun. And I was coming up with bass, like came up with like 10 different bass lines whilst I was sat there. And yeah. so I, I think they're great. I think that if you can find one and, and have a good time on it, then I think you should try it out. Um, that yeah, was a very long winded answer for me. What's your experience with uh, short scales? <laughs> well, you've taken all the love for them now, so I can't, I can't probably possibly put out <laughs> any more love for short scales now. Well, uh, <laughs> anyways uh at my old job we used to have we, well they still have a harley benton like beatles bass which was pretty decent actually and i i used to play that a lot when i uh, was teaching the kids how to play drums i used to play along on that one it was really fun and like like you said you play differently on a short scale i find uh like it's kind of you know it's the distances are shorter so you kind of i i kind of tend to overplay whatever i play on but i kind of overplayed a bit more on those <laughs> uh, but then like like you said the sustain is like is, is at least on that one it was a bit like thumpier uh so i i like you totally get why paul mccarty played so busy on like the early Beatles stuff because mm. like a, a proper uh hofner doesn't have that much sustain it's like that that's that's him holding out the note yeah, yeah so uh, so yeah, I mean they are they are fun. I I should probably get one some someday when I have the room and time and you know all that good stuff that you need. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I totally know what you mean. Like, um, and that's a prime example of where a bass sometimes can can form the the playing and the player. You know, being well yeah. known for or having to compensate for a bass can actually yeah, exactly. inspire you to do different things. And that's you know say compensate. That normally sounds like a bad thing. <laughs> But it's not because it can actually just no, make you, you inspire. Yeah, you need to adapt. Things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you adapt due to like the the circumstances you are that you find yourself with within. Like if you if you haven't got like a low B, okay, how can you play the the notes that you need to play on a certain like that? That's an, one example. Like you know you have to adapt to the circumstances and like those bases they they don't have a lot of sustain and you know um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but yeah. <laughs> no, makes complete sense. Uh, that being said, I don't think a short scale will 
replace a long scale for me. No. Like I will always like if I'm going to have a short scale, I I don't want two. Like I don't have any need for it. It's, that no. serves its purpose for me. It's a short scale and it's got this kind of sound and feel. I'm not yeah. going to have five short scales and a one long scale on my wall. Uh, <laughs> it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, no. And I and overall, I prefer for for my playing style. I I prefer full length bass, you know, and. I just think the sound suits me personally a bit better. So I'm always going to favor that, but you know, that's, I'm pretty sure that's common across everybody uh, unless yeah. you're Paul McCartney, of course. Yeah. Or like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it has its tone. It has its place and it's a lot of fun. Um, I wouldn't play it in like a tech death metal setting, although it would be, it would be certainly would be fun and look pretty hilarious, but I, I, <laughs> I mean, it has its place and it does that thing. Great. Um, yeah, so I mean, there's a time and place for everything, even tasteless licks, kids. Remember exactly. that. Get your tasteless licks on your short scale base right here. <laughs> for sale now, limited time only. <laughs> Let's <laughs> move on to our next segment. So, this segment, you know what it is. It's my favorite one of the podcast because it's that tone you won't. So each week I ask our guests to bring along a little tone sample of theirs that they consider to be their signature sound or something that they're just enjoying at the moment, you know. Um, so leading up to this, Eric sent me a flipping fantastic uh, bit of audio that we're going to listen to now and then we're going to break it all down. Oh my god, I I don't know where to start with this. <laughs> it's blown me flipping socks off. There's, Ooh. I've seen like your rig and your setup, and on I held behind you now. I can see all the pedals that you've got there. I can see the samurai sword that's on the shelf. Yeah, it, I, I'm <laughs> hoping that that sword is somehow in, involved in this cutting edge tone you've got here. So oh what, yeah, you yeah, see yeah, what yeah, I did yeah. there? Yeah, yeah, see what you did there. Um, Good segue. Thank you. Um, so let's start out then with the base of this tone like i mean the bass guitar not like yeah the, the base of it you know so what bass is being used here uh it's this one it's the yamaha attitude limited three that i've got on my uh, in my in my lap mm. um yeah uh, and that's the e bass pickup right yeah uh, no it's the both pickup both pickups actually oh. uh give me one second i'll i'll go to the the very preset that you just heard hang on two seconds this is all live, kids. <laughs> I'm not cutting this out. This is going in. Uh, this is going in. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Right. Found it. Oh. Uh. So we got the the P pickup is going. Um, it sounds like this. And the neck pickup sounds like this. Oh, it doesn't sound at all. Oh, I know why. Hang on. <laughs> These damn stereo basses. Yeah. Damn those pesky kids. That's the neck pickup for you. Wow, that's and, so different. And, and the P pickup was like this. 
and combined. It's unreal. Combining those two pickups is so cool. And so there's obviously lots of complicated stuff going on here because you're sending, you've got two outputs on your base and you're sending them into to be split into separate channels then, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. Like two two different. You can do this on your Helix or H- HX Stomp or what what have you. Um, I've done this for like six years now. I think uh, I'm I'm still a a disciple in this <laughs> department, but it, it's a lot of fun. You can do this with like the Rickenbacker and all of those bases. But yeah, uh, I di- digress once again. So. The P pickup uh, goes into a signal chain that features uh, this preamp back there, mm-hmm. the Pierce BC1 preamp from the early 80s. Um, this is a stock one. Uh, there's something called a Sheehan. Sheehan. I never pronounce his name right. Sorry, Billy. Uh, <laughs> mod, which gives you a lot more gain and quite a bit less bass, actually. Um there's something, yeah. So this one is stock, so I used two pedal, one pedal, the Suncoast HD1 uh, harmonic driver uh, into that one to give it more distortion and uh, goodness. And yeah, uh, captured that using the Nerdly Speed Quad Cortex setup, a dual channel setup with that. And yeah, so it's running into two captures, one of the clean uh, signal and one of the distorted one. Uh, some EQ, some compression, and then a 1x15 cap. Uh, and that's that for the P pickup. And then the woofer is actually, I'm going to turn the volume down a bit on the quad cortex because it's uh, clipping almost here. So hang on. So the, the woofer <laughs> is actually going through the Fender Bassman. Hey. So it's a bit growly and almost distorting, on the verge of distorting, but it kind of works in like this context. It gives the tone a bit of body and you know um, warmth, if you will. Yeah, the Pierce is a bit. I wouldn't say sterile, but it's a lot of you know. Uh, it's it, almost harsh, so. Combining these two gives you really a, you know. Nice and growly tone. Incredible, yeah. And that also means that you can just totally control the balance of, of which you're cutting through that mix. Exactly. If it's too growly, if it's too bassy, you know, it's you're not t- removing any of the grit, but you're reducing the bass a little bit, you know. Exactly. You, you can have complete control over what you're yeah. doing. And there's there's actually a surprising amount of producers that will do this in separating and isolating two bass channels and having a distorted yeah. high-end signal and then just a really compressed low-end signal to exactly. give you like this um, solid-sounding low-end that mixes in really well with the kick um, and then this high end that will help you punch through the mix yeah. is such a, a great, great idea. And, you know, you've mastered it there. And with the <laughs> stereo output, the pickups as well, because you could do it without that, because you could do it yeah, exactly. and then split it. But having yeah. this enables you to do it even more so because you've got those two different sounding pickups. You can do this on the, uh, you can actually run one pickup through both outputs. So just a P pickup through both would sound like this. <laughs> And 
part of that too. I mean, I kind of like having the neck pickup because it it's so clean and so you know almost boomy and uh, McCartney-esque. So it kind of you know um, if it, it fits really nicely with this with this tone. I, I really I really enjoy using this. Uh, type of setup I'm really enjoying hearing it. <laughs> it sounds <laughs> so good. It's it's inspiring me to want to do more stuff like that. You know, I've got a line selector on my pedal board to oh, kind of yeah. do that kind of dual channel distortion type thing, but only on a very basic level where it's one amp and one pickup, <laughs> you know, yeah, and I'm... one pedal. Um, but yeah, it sounds insane, mate. I, I absolutely love that. Um, so wait, what was I going to say about that? So this is obviously a lot to do with the quad cortex as well and it's yeah would you say it was quite an easy patch to put together this i mean I, i've been doing this for so so long now uh, <laughs> that i i mean i kind of know where i'm going and what i'm going after so uh with that it's kind of easy i mean for someone just starting out it, it, it takes a while to know know what you're doing and know how to you know cut different uh, tones and whatnot you know you don't want too much low end on the P tone that's supposed to be distorted and you don't want too much, you know, uh, trebly high end on the woofer. And, you know, so yeah, it, it, it takes a while, but for me, I mean, uh, back in 2019, I was in Germany at, um, uh, what's it called? Guitar Summit, a, like a, a trade show essentially. Uh, and, uh, they had the Helix there and they had, um, some, well, Yamaha had a, had a booth and they had some attitude bases. So I actually did a, a mock-up Billy uh, preset using that. And I mean, if you know what you're doing, it, it, it doesn't take too long. But I mean, it's taken me like six years to get to this. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, and it's just the know-how, isn't it? Of like, oh, that's yeah. what some people do that. You can split a channel like that. Um, but using the Cortex itself, was that quite having that knowledge was it quite easy to dial in using yeah. the interface on there yeah yeah i mean that's what i love about that unit it's so easy to use and like the touch screen and all of that i mean i was i was part of i've been part of the beta testing beta testing for for quite a while now i've had i got my first unit i think back in 2020 like uh, way way back yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, i mean it took me like five minutes to get a good bass tone out of it honestly yeah because i mean that, that's one thing people say is that like the yeah. like even just like presets and like from the get-go you're like this is perfect and sounding yeah. incredible whereas other units line six um <laughs> out the gate aren't great but we can get no. there with tweaking yeah um, i yeah. actually got to do a few factory presets for this one actually so yeah you just drop that one in there oh my god that's oh awesome. yeah so sorry <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool well i can see why because you're clearly you know just so talented at crafting Thank you. tones oh. and just having having that knowledge and it's only it's something that one day i wish i could uh you know have the knowledge for um one last thing i want to ask about that tone yeah. um I'm, i mean obviously i'm hearing microphone stuff at the minute have you got much noise gate stuff going on because it sounds really tight uh, and no noise whatsoever well not too excessive. Uh, like noise gates is something that I find hard to dial in. Like in a studio setting, it's kind of easy, but when you're live, it's I, I find noise gates to be like my 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 next Everest climb, so to speak. <laughs> especially like in terms of like live tones and you know feedback and all of that. Mm. But uh, let's see. Here's the P pickup. So I mean, it's it's dead quiet once I mute the strings, but it's not like. 
you know clipping it off yeah. uh, in terms of gating so but yeah that's, there is that, there is that's great because normally with that kind of mat distortion and on like with no yeah. bass in there you'd be expecting it to be quite uh noisy when you're not playing or if you've got your hands off the bass but yeah. it sounds perfect uh, thank you <laughs> oh, god damn it it's a sign eric with your perfect bass tones perfect noise gates boo boo, boo. i say boo and that's the end of the podcast goodbye um but it is the end of this segment um thank you so much for showing that um you're inspiring me to to experiment more want to do more now um so yeah thank you for that distort more (laughs) okay master more distortion let's move on to our next segment So, this question is what we like to call the big base debate. So each week, um, I just choose one of the questions basically to be the main topic or one that I think, yeah, I think we could talk a bit more in depth about this one. Um, so this one uh, comes in from a username. I've lost it. Oh, Scotty, Scotty Bones. That's who it is. Um, and they say, um, is it worth buying analog pedals anymore sorry let me let me rephrase that i've completely missed the (laughs) the start (laughs) scotty bones says with uh processes like the quad cortex and neural dsp and the helix on the market is there any worth anymore in buying analog pedals now i thought this was a really interesting question i've kind of touched on it a little bit before on this podcast but I wanted to hear your perspective as well, um, being a connoisseur of of all of these angles. Oh, oh. You know, like you of said, the fine stuff. Exactly, <laughs> twiddling your mustache. Um, <laughs> you know, you've you've had you've got Helix stuff, multiple. Um, you've got the Quad Cortex, of course, as we discussed a lot, and you've yeah. also got a hell of a lot of pedals. Yeah. Um, so you're clearly a lover of all, which you know, I love yeah. that, and you know. I'm sure you started out with pedals and have slowly moved into the more digital realm. Um, what inspired you to uh, get more into the modular and processor kind of realm? Uh, it was actually the old A&R guy at uh, Yamaha here in Sweden, called uh, a guy called Lars, uh, who's now uh, like the head of Ampeg here in Europe or wow. Sweden or so. Yeah, in Sweden. Uh, because I hit him up about uh, me demoing some Yamaha bases, and he was like, "Yeah, sure. Uh, you want to try the Helix?" And that was the first time I, w- I got into like digital stuff. It's like, "Oh, I don't know about digital stuff." He was like, "Yeah, it's cool. All right, uh, of course I can." And uh, it kind of got me down the the loophole, so to speak, or the the rabbit hole is the word. <laughs> uh, and then, like, pretty much at the same time, I got in touch with Headbrush as well. So I demoed that one as well and uh, got into that. So. Uh, I kind of slipped on a banana peel and went down the <laughs> rabbit hole and I haven't looked up since. Um, so yeah, that's how I, how I got started with digital stuff. I mean, I've, I've known about digital like stuff on bass for, or guitar for, for years. Like my old guitar player used to have like, uh, actually I had the old zoom box, which Ooh, was nice. terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> it sounded like shit. It sounded like shit. Like the old one. Uh, I probably didn't know how to dial it in. So, uh, in in their defense it was the old plastic one um but yeah like that was my first experience and i think it kind of colored me i was like oh no i don't know about this digital stuff mm. isn't basis supposed to sound be played through big old tubes um 
But yeah, you know, I mean, there is a convenience to digital stuff that kind of appealed to me once I understood it. Yeah. Actually. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that is quite a big barrier to get over sometimes. It's people thinking, oh gosh, like, I'm not going to be able to understand this. And oh, which is why I was yeah. kind of interested in the user interface of the of the um of the quad cortex, because it just sounds so easy to use. And I think that is just removes so many barriers in terms of accessibility because that's what's stopping a lot of people from getting into it. Yeah. I think when it's like, right, I got to double click this and do this and press this and do, yeah. you know, oh, do this to make this. <laughs> I need um, to hold a button for this. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think that's that's great. And my experience is kind of, um, I'm a I'm a big lover of analog pedals, and I love twiddling on the go. You know, a physical thing, um, and that's something that. I've kind of realized over the last couple of years, having stepped into the digital realm with the, just with the HX stomp, um, you know, I've relied on that for my amp sim and I was going to use it live as well. Um, but then I found myself like getting in a bit of a muddle when trying to change things on the fly or like spending yeah. too much time twiddling the yeah. not point, you know, point two <laughs> treble mids, you know, I found myself, really getting bogged down with it because it's done on this like um yeah. scale of like points you know to 10 to zero i found myself exactly. almost sometimes being like right where would in terms of like a dial where would this be like what, what am i doing you know I, I kind of sucked the creativity out of me a little bit because i was hitting so bogged down with trying to nail this tone and then being annoyed with myself if i couldn't absolutely nail it because this machine should be able to nail any tone you know exactly I, i've got all this in my fingertips and i'm not enjoying it there must be something wrong with me and so it started to really get me down about playing anymore um so i'm in a bit of like a in and out with with modelers and digital at the minute which is why i want to try the quarter cortex because i hear nothing but fantastic things and the the presets are, are so good um that you can kind of jump in and just go from there rather than having this steep learning curve yeah um, which you know isn't necessarily a bad thing that can be good because it you know makes you learn more but um I found since taking the HX stomp off of my pedal board and moving back to a, an analog board and having the all the knobs on there, yeah, I found that limitation quite liberating almost after exactly. going, being in the digital world, which is where I think uh, analog still has its place and you know it's still exciting to buy pedals and things like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, what's your view on um, stomp boxes and pedals now? I, I'm pretty much the same. I mean, my main like setup, it features some analog pedals mm. uh, because, you know, the tactile response of a knob, you, you can't, it's hard to replace that. Um, and I mean, I have pretty specialized, you know, especially specialized, special, special, specialized preamp on my board that I kind of really enjoy. So, I mean, there is that. However, like when I was using the HX stomp mainly, I mean, I, I found myself going through the same like hassles as you. You know, you sit for hours on end tweaking a tone, just you know, turning knobs on your computer on or on the unit itself, and you're like, "This is good, isn't it?" And then you go back to it the day after, and you 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 realize that you, you you've suffered from ear fatigue. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because you know, dialing in a tone on a digital unit, I find like the best thing to do is like have a mix going like of a song uh, and go from there you know start playing around and have that song going 
And once you can hear yourself and you're like, okay, this is good enough. Just just stop. Don't sit there and like a bit more presence, maybe. Oh, I don't know about the bias X. Maybe move that. You know, <laughs> yeah. just just stop and just go. Just play music. Yeah. Um, I think that's honest. That sings totally true with me. Like, yeah. I think I think that's a great idea as well. That like, don't worry about that. Play and figure that bit out as you go. Yeah. Because you're exactly. ultimately stopping doing what you love, <laughs> which is playing. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, one thing that I find with digital gear, uh, especially the Helix line, and well, I guess the Quad Cortex and all of that, is that if you combine it with analog stuff, you get the best. You get the best sounds actually, because you get, you know, you know, digital stuff. It's digital. It's it's emulate emulating the the things that you love about the analog world, mm. and you know. Mixing them together is kind of like getting the both best of both worlds. Yeah, and like having the if you have like the Helix line, if you run that into an analog compressor, for instance, you get like you get a pretty darn stellar tone. Um, and I, I think I think you should try that. You know, have your HX stump like pretty much like in the beginning of your signal chain and run it into say a darkless uh, pedal or something, just you know to give it some life. Give some life to that digital yeah. <laughs> madness. I, well, that's I that's Sorry exactly what I do. Um, so I've got my I have my analog pedal board on the floor, and then I run my bass into that, and then up into my HX stomp, which then goes into oh. my computer. So I so I just use the HX stomp for like um, my, my main amp sim, you know, for when I'm recording okay. and guitars as well. Yeah. But then I've got all the effects on my board with the dark glass, and that's why I'll use the tuner on there as well for some reason. Yeah. Um, and the compressor as well, because I've got the Origin FX Cali seventy six, oh. the the compact one. Yeah, um, I haven't got yeah. enough room for the big one or money. Oh, I, I've been drooling over that. <laughs> I saw it was like, yeah, it was, it was. It's too expensive, but it, it looks so damn good. Oh uh, well, so good. now there's new colors, mate. You might have to. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you know, you know what you should try. Take the compressor and put it last. Put it after the the Atrix sump. Try that. Yes, uh, because I'm a huge advocate for advocate for uh, putting the compressor pretty much last in the signal chain. Um, really? Yeah, and some people are like, "Yeah, just you're just you know compressing the noise as well." But yeah, but I mean that's what people do in the studio. They have a compressor. Like every time you record something, you send it. Like, yeah, put some compression on. Okay, there's enough compression there to like squeeze five cats into that tone. But okay, um, so you know, try and run the. Helix stuff into an analog compressor. I think you you would enjoy that very much. Yeah, actually, that's, that's very true. Because when you're adding like some kind of like compressor plugin on something, it's just going on the yeah. channel. Yeah, after the tone's been recorded, exactly. you know, as opposed to um, going and putting it in the chain somehow. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, great advice. And uh, yeah, I'm I mean, more inspired. The- I, 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 I mean, that's that's it's come from you know years of trial and error with the <laughs> with that line and other people doing the same thing. Like, try this, try adding that afterwards, yeah. and you know, I, I try, bringing life to yeah, absolutely. I, I often try to think of it as like trying to emulate what I'm doing in a live situation. So then I know exactly. that like I've got this set up, this and translate to my live yeah. and things like that. Um, Amazing. I love that. Um, so th- I touched on it a little bit earlier about the kind of prices that you're paying. And when you've got like the world is your oyster and you've got everything yeah. you need, is it actually that much money? No, 
Like, no. I, if I look at my pedal board now, like that pedal's 300 pounds, that pedal's 200 pounds, you know, yeah. for like one thing that they do, they do those things very well. But like, when you're looking at financial way, it's actually a lot cheaper. And yeah. like the, the, there's almost like no downfall to going down the digital route. People will, naysayers will say, I can tell the difference. I, you know, I know this. I, yeah, I know. No, I, I mean, I don't I'm know. calling bullshit on that. Yeah, I, I would say so too. Just because, especially live, <laughs> like yeah, really, yeah, exactly. Or like, in a, like if you if you got a like a an isolated bass track and like in in a demo, like you're sitting doing a YouTube demo, it's like here's the new I don't know unit from so and so. There's my there's my wife. Uh, sorry. Uh, like here's the new unit from so and so. Everyone's like, oh, I I hear it's digital. I can hear it. I can tell mm-hmm. it's digital. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like when you hear it in a mix and like, yeah, I used the helix on this. No one yeah. will be able to tell. It's, like, it's only if they know, based on some, yeah. like start yeah. picking apart with their ears and be like, mm, yeah, so, well, I can, I can tell yeah. that that's not a tube. Um, I, yeah, I think the there's with more to be said with like guitars and that. Yeah. I feel like I can hear a bit of a difference, but not like not enough to be like, oh my God, no. like no way she that. It's, it sounds insane. And, but yeah. with, and especially I mean, like, with bass, it's even less so. I think you can, that difference yeah and i mean like all of the plugins like i i like only use plugins when i mix i don't use any outboard gear no one has complained on my mixes or anything like it sounds great yep plugins all the way yeah exactly and there'll be there'll be tracks out there that people are like i love the drum tones on this and you're like yep that's just uh nolly get good drums yeah exactly 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 (laughs) yeah and people if they don't know they won't know kind of thing no exactly um but yeah Incredible, yeah. So uh, yeah. you're making this a very expensive podcast because now I feel like I'm going to have to go out and buy all these things, and uh, I want to experiment uh, a little. Sorry about that. Hey, no, sorry, not <laughs> sorry. You should be saying because it'll be a relief and such joy, I'm sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I can get my hands on one one day. We'll see. We shall see you watch this yeah. space, Eric. It's been a fantastic time having you on. Thank you so much um, for us yeah, great being able yeah. to put this together. Yeah great great like finally getting to like chat with you like properly like in in person yes across the the great pond exactly what are you talking about i'm there right next to you in sweden hello oh oh (laughs) i should have cleaned my room sorry about that (laughs) um yeah it's it's been amazing time and i hope you'll come back one day i'm sure we've plenty more to talk about and uh yeah no doubt uh we'll speak again very soon um i hope so too where can everybody find you? What are you doing? Uh, where do you want peeps to go and follow you? Uh, peeps can go and follow me on Instagram. I'm at Eric Arco on base. Uh, and on U- the YouTubes, I'm Eric Arco. And uh, yeah, that, that's about it. YouTube and uh, Instagram is where I'm mostly at. I'm on Facebook as well. So just look for Eric Arco. Or it's uh, actually, but you know, look for Eric Arco and you'll find me. Um incredible and if you need me call out my name and i'll be there with tasteless licks <laughs> all the night uh, all throughout the night if you can show the symbol <laughs> in the sky he'll be there yeah. <laughs> we'll summon him amazing 
Thank you so much. Guys, if you want to uh, hear more from Eric or from this conversation or future conversations, future guests, future topics, leave them in a comment down below. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on Spotify, leave a review uh, and let us know uh, if it's really rubbish. You know, I don't care. I've got thick skin. Tell me. Um, no, only just leave a five star. Come on, go on. <laughs> Wherever you're listening to us. Um Make sure you're subscribing and liking all that jazz. Follow me on uh, Instagram at Johnny Dibble, where you guys can get involved with this podcast and uh, submit your questions all over there. Once again, everyone, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and 365-day returns.